You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Let's go, baby. It's the Friday fun show. Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Happy Friday, Acadiana. Matt Miguez here. Cajuns play baseball tonight. The Tigers play baseball tonight. Both play softball tonight as well. You got March Madness this weekend. You got WrestleMania this weekend. The Astros start next week. The Pelicans fighting for a playoff spot. How could you be mad? You're probably sitting there asking yourself, well, what am I going to watch? All of it. Watch all of it. Go go to Costco, go to Best Buy, whatever you buy yourself like eight 24 inch TVs and just watch it all. That's the joy of technology nowadays. With ESPN Plus and all these other streaming, you can just watch it all at one time. Producer extraordinaire slash co host with the most, James Mesh. Bro, we're wearing the same jacket again. You got to stop copying me. First, the, first okay, it's the hair. Okay, hold first on. First it's the hold hair, on, hold, and now you want to copy hold, the jacket. Hold on. You wore the other one three days in a row. Hey, I washed it in between. <laughs> Still, but process, process of elimination, you're going to probably wear the new one, the other one. Can I believe you matched me? He, James just wants to be I like me. I wore it first. James just wants to be like me. I wore that's, it on Wednesday. Okay. I wore it on Wednesday. You just want to be like me, and that's okay. That's, everybody does. Okay. Everybody wants to be like me. All right. <laughs> Bold question of the day. Who makes the national championship game? Will it be Duke and Kansas? Will it be Duke and Villanova? Will it be UNC and Kansas? Or will it be UNC and Villanova. So far, 86% of you say Duke and Kansas. 14% say Duke and Villanova. So either way, they got the Dukies in the title game. But then apparently a couple people are mixed on who Duke's opponent's going to be. I don't know. Things going to get interesting in the Big Easy tonight. Or tomorrow night, should I say. Uh, let's kick the show off with LSU Baseball. Falling to Auburn at Alex Box last night, 6-5. to five. Things started off very well for LSU. Uh, K. Doty, his first plate appearance, nailed one out of the ballpark for his seventh home run of the season. And then Hayden Travinsky also got a home run to give LSU a 2-0 lead through four. And I think that point was when LSU had left Blake Money in just a little bit too long. Auburn erupts for six in the fifth. LSU finds themselves down six to two. They do get two in the eighth and one in the ninth, but that would be it. Six to five, the final score. Auburn gets six runs on 10 hits, one error. They left 12 on base. LSU, five runs, nine hits, two errors. They leave nine. On base, so that extra error could prove to be the difference between the two teams in this one. 
Game 2, again, from Alex Box, will be tonight at 6.30, and you can hear it right after us here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Phone lines are open. All of our number one, 706-0111. If you want to chime in on the news of the day, did y'all hear Arch Manning's going to Alabama? Did y'all hear Julian Edelman's returning to the Bucks? How much of it do you actually believe? If the answer is none of it, good for you. Because they tried to get you. Hell, the Julian Edelman news got me for a second. They had me. Uh, however, the best April Fool's Day joke that I have seen today was from my friends at, at Canal Street Chronicles. The Saints hire Sean Payton as a senior assistant to the head coach. Not S-E-A-N, S-H-A-W-N. And they, they photoshopped a picture of Sean with like a big beard, and it was it was hysterical. Um, James, what's the best April Fool's Day joke that you have seen today? Well, I did just get a call saying, uh, I, I don't know what you were saying. I heard Sean Payton, but funny enough, that's what this call was about. Uh, that Sean Payton reports were that he's going to be Dennis Allen's assistant coach. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's what, that's what you're I was talking, talking about. about. Yeah, yeah, that's what they had called. I was like, uh, no, I'm, some I'm of the put it lightly, but that's probably just a bunch of BS because I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure that would not happen. I mean, Never, that's <laughs> not gonna happen. Um, so I was I was saying that some of the better April Fool's jo- Day jokes of the day so far have been Arch Manning committing to Alabama. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because um, it's funny because you hear these things and you're like, it's it's so crazy, but it's it's well, you see, not I knew, necessarily out of the realm of possibility. So I knew it was bogus because, and yes, Bama Bama has been in the running for Arch, but I think it was yesterday or the day before you had a report come out from a pretty well known you know college football source that Arch was down to. Texas and Georgia. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden, oh, hey, he's going to Alabama. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, come on. Um, and then the other one was Julian Edelman coming out of retirement to sign with the Bucks. Yeah, uh, that one would that one would be. That's the thing is, some of these are actually kind of realistic. So you're or, not sure what's real and what's fake. Uh, UL adding twelve floors to Griffin Hall. Yeah. Did you see that one? Yeah, I, I saw somebody had put it on their story, and God. I was like, that's and, what it already feels like. It already feels like the, the world's tallest building. And it's really funny because I got here, and five names looks at me, and she goes, hey, are they really putting 12 floors on Griffin? Uh, it's like, no! 12 extra floors. Why, why, would, they, why would they need a 17-story classroom building? Like and, it's and, it's already five floors, and and for the elevators to not work anyway. Well, no, the elevators work. They work now. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah, they work. They sometimes work. Well, I I don't know if things have changed since I moved to being an online student, but well, for when me, I was, when I was whenever I was going, it was like when I, I was on campus, the elevators always worked, but you had to be a faculty member. That's what that's what it was, or disabled. Yeah, and to use them, and I'm neither. Of we're, those. we're we're neither, right? 
So yeah, that's, um, that's why. So like, so unless unless you became friends with a teacher and be like, yo, let me let me ride up with you. Yeah, let or, me be cool with one of my or, professors. Or, or or knew a kid with a broke ankle. Yeah, I, I'm their do- I'm their aid assistant. Right, right. I, I'm carrying their books. Like you you were you were screwed otherwise. I'm I'm holding their computer for them. <laughs> right, right. Because because their backpack couldn't do that. Yeah. Oh, it's too man. heavy. Too heavy. They hold the backpack, but I have the computer. And 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 Danny Broussard. Hanging out at uh at the Final Four today, you saw that? No, I did not see that. Co- coach Danny's living it up at Final Four practice today. He he took a picture with Arkansas head coach Eric Musselman. Good good for Danny. I was gonna say Danny's great. <laughs> good for Danny. <laughs> oh, he, there he is. He gets to, he gets to see Duke and Carolina again. Good good for him. That uh, <laughs> man, what are you what are your thoughts on this Final Four? Uh. I'm not too sure. That's that's the thing. Like th- this, I, I don't know exactly what to expect because, I mean, yes, it's college basketball. Anything could happen. But what do I think will happen? I think it'll be Duke versus Kansas. But I would not be totally shocked with it being more of a low-scoring game when it comes to Kansas and Villanova. And because it's low-scoring, it's going to be probably a closer game. So it may come down to a couple of free throws. And Villanova is... The best free throw shooting team. Yep. On paper, this is the probably the biggest Final Four ever, right? I mean, do Duke and Carol do do we need to say more? Duke and say, Carolina in the Final Four. The other the other game could be it's a total wash. It's it, irrelevant. It could be a total wash, and we wouldn't care. Yeah, it's it's irrelevant. I mean, Kansas and Villanova—they're both great programs, historic programs, whatever. But anytime you get matched up with Duke and Carolina, you're done. You're done. You will not win the night. You could go into four overtimes and somebody drain a three-quarter court shot to win it. And all ESPN and all the other stations it's are only going to have... going to be Duke and Carolina. That's all it is. Now, let me ask you this. We were talking about April Fool's jokes a second ago. Yeah. About four hours ago. LeBron posted a tweet. I had heard about that. I don't I don't remember what it was exactly, but I do I'm remember out, LeBron did. I'm out for the season officially with the with the face palm. Okay. See y'all in the fall with a crown and then the deuces. April Fool's joke or you think he's being legit? Because he is hurt. I think he's playing tonight. I think him and AD are playing tonight. We'll see. And and that's the thing is I know we've seen a bunch online where it's just AD and LeBron laughing and it's like, oh, we, we don't care about the season. But, I mean, they still have six games to go. And this is an important one because if they beat the Pels tonight, that puts them within a half or one game of being ahead of the Pelicans. So with five games to go, they have a very realistic shot of be taking over that seed once again and then pushing – the Pelicans to the 10th. So th- this is a huge game. So I would expect both of them to play because if they want to make any sort of a run, they got to win tonight because if they lose, that puts them two and a half games behind yeah. with only five games left. I mean, that's damn near impossible. The The Pels would have to wet the bed the last five games and go one and four or oh and five with the Lakers winning the rest up. Right. Shout out to, to Kim Mulkey. Winning AP Coach of the Year, and then 
spending her entire press conference saying how it's an award of the players. And she harped on the fact that a coach is only as good as her players. Which, she's very right. She That's a very true statement. You could be the greatest coach of all time, but if you've got pond water for players, you're not going to be good. If you have three, if you have five, Hannah five names is on the court. I mean, oh no, <laughs> hey Hannah, if you are listening, he said it, not me. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I said it. Wow. I said it. You you have been harping on her all day today. What's with you? <laughs> I, I woke up and chose violence. <laughs> I woke up and chose violence. Good God. All right. Um, the Astros. Got a spring training win today over the Marlins, two to one. Eight straight now for the Strohs. But, you know, spring training. I was gonna say, can we get this in the Who? regular season? Who cares? Can did we? you did you see the score? Who was it? The Cardinals and the Nationals last night? No, what was the score? Dude, they the Cardinals put like twenty nine on them. It was like twenty nine to eight or something like that. I saw a tweet and it said, Damn, when did when did the MLB start playing basketball? <laughs> they scored like one quarter of basketball play. Yeah, it was like I want to say it was like twenty nine to eight, or or something. It was it was absolutely wild. Oh man, we got a fun show for you today. Oh, oh yeah, it was it was the other it was the other day. It was twenty nine to eight. Twenty nine to eight. Yeah, yeah. absolute just. <laughs> Fifteen in the eighth. Oh my god! Twenty six hits. Oh my god! That's my type of game. We've got that's, a that's my type of baseball game. We've got a jam packed show for you today at four thirty. Our guy Clint Domang, aka CD, gonna drop in. We're gonna talk some WrestleMania up in year. Five o'clock. Gene Clemens of the Athletic will join us to talk some Final Four. And then at 5.30, Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. We'll stop in. We'll talk some Andy Dalton. We'll talk the Malcolm Jenkins news. And we'll, we'll play some cap scenarios uh, as well. Take timeout number one. When we come back, phone lines are open, 706-0111. Here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, it's 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Keep your bracket going strong right now. FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new customers $150 instant bonus guaranteed. That's right. You get $150 in bonus site credit, and all you have to do is place your first bet of $5 more, and how you bet is completely up to you. You can choose between the money line, the totals, the prop bets, and so much more. I'm riding with Kansas and Duke to make it to the championship game. Join FanDuel today with promo code KLWB, then you can place your bet to score $150 in bonus high credit when you put down a $5 bet. Guaranteed. That's promo code KLWB on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 
You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana in permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days after receipt. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Breaking news coming off the boards. Adam Schefter has tweeted that Andy Dalton will be the Saints starting quarterback this season. Apparently, ever since he's gotten into New Orleans, he has really impressed Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen. Um, They have restructured Jameis Winston's contract to where he only gets the $28 million if he's the starter, which as of now it appears that he will not be. Uh, so his contract becomes, you know, two years, $14 million, It gets cut in half. So the Red Rifle is the guy. The Red Rifle is going to be the starting quarterback for the black and gold. James, how do you feel about this? At first I didn't believe you, but I, I mean, I've been seeing them post on social media, the Saints account, about it. And, and I mean, they got slides. I mean, he's all over the, the place, That's man. That's what I'm saying. I mean... I'm I'm upset honestly, but I I guess is is it right? I guess it's red rifle time. It it's red rifle time. You know, there was that period where we thought Taysom Hill was going to be the guy, and it was going to be the long term answer. You know, diehard Saints fans, we had to sit here and go, well, you know what? It's Mormon missile time. You know, it is what it is. The Mormon missile. You never heard that? No. Oh. Oh, man. Which is weird because he doesn't really have that much of a cannon of an arm as people say he does. The Mormon missile. So, yeah, Adam Schefter tweeting that Andy Dalton appears to be... So we the, so we have the the Mormon missile, we have the red rifle, and then we have the LASIK laser. The LASIK laser. In James. And then and then in the, in the backfield, you got Boom and Zoom. There it is. Look, it's it's kind of outdated, but it's... It's still there. It's still, it's still there. there. We still got Boom and Zoom. Still there. Phone lines are open, 706-0111, if you want to talk about this breaking news that, uh, again, Andy Dalton, Saints starting quarterback. Crazy, I know, but, I mean, 34 years old, the guy's been to three Pro Bowls, he's thrown for over 35,000 yards in his career. I think he's got it. I think he could do it. No doubt in my mind. Tigers softball this weekend. They will be at Tiger Park in Baton Rouge. They will face number eight, Kentucky. It's their teal weekend. Uh, They have a teal weekend every weekend to support, not every weekend, once a season, excuse me, to support ovarian cancer. Their teal game will be tomorrow at 5 p.m. from Tiger Park. Uh, Tonight, at 6, tomorrow at 5, and then Sunday at 12 noon before going to Texas A&M next weekend. James, I didn't get to really get your thoughts on LSU baseball last night. Braden Jobert hit another home run, but, you know, you... Jobert's scary. Yeah, God, he's scary. He's, he's on fire. I kind of wish it was more towards the end of the season instead of more midway, right. but I mean, you can't be mad at a hot streak when it happens. You got to stop giving you can't give up 6 runs in one inning though. 
That because uh, the rule is three. You don't want to give up more than three. In yeah, a, in a, can't can't give up a crooked number. Yeah. So the fact that they doubled that, uh, and that, and that was the only time they scored. Yeah. That was the only inning they scored in. They got all of their all six runs in that fifth inning. That's that's what's crazy to me. Got a quote here from Jay Johnson. Our team has responded well to adversity all season, and we expect our players to respond to this setback in a positive way. We have to keep working on fundamentals. These are good kids. We just have to get them better at baseball. They're really good on the offensive side. It's no, just that it's that defense. It's the errors. It's the errors and it's the the silly mistakes from from the pitchers. I'm curious. Have they been recording balks? Because I, I swear, every time I go to a Cajuns game, there's always at least one, whether it's a well, Cajun itself well, or it's the opponent. As, as much as I love the Cajuns, anybody that knows me knows that I'm a diehard Cajuns guy. But Sunbelt officiating and SEC officiating are different. Dude, it's leaps and bounds. The stuff that gets called a balk at a Cajuns game is not going to get called a balk at an LSU game. Mm-hmm. It's not. I I mean, it's the same thing with the referees for for any other I conference, would, for I like would, football or basketball. I would it's, love it's a caller. I would love a caller to correct me right now. But I have never, ever heard of a catcher getting a balk. I never heard of – I had never heard of a balk in general until I saw Julian Brock do it twice in the first inning. Never heard of a catcher getting a balk. Pitchers get them fairly regularly, but I've never heard of a catcher. Uh, RP3 is listening in right now. He just texted me, 42 errors this season for LSU. It's an average of 1.6 per game. <laughs> you got to clean that number up. That's bad. You got to clean that number up. I would hate to see what UL's – let's see. I can tell you right now, actually. Let's see. Errors by the Cajuns, 31 on the year. And they've played they've played 24 games. So just over one a game. A little bit over one game. 1.2? Yeah, something like that. Rough rough Tonight's Tonight's game, 25. So, yeah, a little little over one per game, which even that's high. I was going to say that's not good either. That's the thing. Uh, So, yeah, 42 errors. That's – I know they only had two in that game when Brock had the two balks, but it, it felt like it was like five and the because cra- of all the other silly mistakes that aren't count as errors. And, and the crazy thing is, is that K. Doty, your best hitter and who went into the season as one of the better infielders, he's second in errors. He's got eight. Only player on the team to have more than him is Jordan Thompson. Jordan Thompson's got ten. Yeah, Jordan Thompson's got a quarter of the team's errors. But, yeah, I mean, Trey Morgan has three. For a first baseman, that's, you know, three's acceptable. Dylan Cruz has only got one. Jacob Berry's got three. Jack Merrifield's got four. You know, those those are okay numbers. I mean, any player under five errors at this point of the season is okay. But K. Doty with eight, Jordan Thompson with ten, you got to clean those numbers up. Because Matt Deggs said it perfectly at his press conference on Monday. You lose games by losing the freebie war. Walks, hit batters, 
and errors. That's easy ways to give up games. Hell, look at the Cajuns game against South Alabama last Saturday. They gave up two runs on bases-loaded walks. You take those two runs away in that game, Cajuns win 5-4. Those are little things that, especially once you get into conference play, just can't be done. You got to find a way to clean that up as as you get into the stretch because especially for the Tigers' standpoint, dude, it's, it's not going to get easier. I mean, they're playing. You you got Auburn right now. You're going to Mississippi State next weekend. Then you go to Arkansas. Missouri comes here. Georgia comes here. Then you go to Bama. Then you go to Ole Miss. Like it's not going to get any easier from this point on. So the Tigers are going to have to find a way to clean up the defense, clean up the fielding if they want to be the team that people thought they were in the preseason. Let's take a timeout when we come back. The infamous CD will drop in to talk some stupendous two-night WrestleMania here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. They could debate who should win the MVP, but they'd rather argue who has the best hair in sports talk radio. We just washed your hair. You know, I worked on my hair a long time, and you, and you hit it. It hits my hair. Now back to more of the stylish crunch time with Miguez and Mash here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Cycles Autico is a festival on wheels. Experience mouth-watering Cajun cuisine and live performances by some of the best bands in Louisiana. The ride, which will take place April 20th to 24th, includes tours of many attractions and options for camping or staying in hotels. Immerse yourself in Acadiana, the birthplace of Zotico, home to both Cajuns and Creoles alike, and one of the most unique cultures in the United States. For more information, visit CycleZotico.org. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Let's talk some WrestleMania now. It's the most stupendous two night WrestleMania ever, or at least that's what WWE's creative department is, is running it as. Uh, why it's the same weekend as Final Four, I will never understand. But CD, aka Clint Domang, is in studio to chop it up with us, the host of the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. Clint, what's going on, bud? Also host of Under the Dome with CD, which you can hear right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Tomorrow, a special extended time, dare I say a stupendous two and a half hours of sports talk right here on the game, Under the Dome with CD, starting at 10 o'clock. But it's great to be on in a little drive time action. It's been a hot minute because I'm usually more buying the scenes, getting things done. But I'm, I'm glad to be able to be here with you on the eve of, and you undersold it, the most stupendous two nights in pro wrestling history, WrestleMania 38 Live from Jerry Bleepin' World. This guy. WrestleMania 38, Saturday, Sunday, and you have all kinds of stuff going on right now. I was we were watching a little bit in the famous CD's office, a little Zicky Dice Trouble in Paradise Part 2 caught a little bit of that. 
So trust me, there's so much wrestling, it's hard to really corner in just WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday, which honestly, I'm a huge fan of the two nights as opposed to one seven-hour event and you're burned out by the main event. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate splitting it up into two nights. However, all of the celebrity throwdowns aren't necessary, if you ask me. Like, why Why is Logan Paul involved in WrestleMania? I, d- I don't get it. Because they, they want the notoriety. They want the name recognition. I mean, this goes back to the very first WrestleMania. You had Mr. T. You had Cindy. You had Mr. T involved in the main event of the very first WrestleMania. You had Cindy Lauper. You had all these people. Like, celebrities and pro wrestling, it goes together like peanut butter and chocolate goes together. As Forrest Gump would say, like peas and carrots. So it makes sense why we're seeing guys like Logan Paul, like Johnny Knoxville, even Pat McAfee, who has been trained by pro wrestlers. I think that's a great thing. I mean, he's been trained by Danny Davis. He's been trained by some great wrestlers. He's spent some time in the performance center. He's taken bumps. He's earned a reputation. I think it's perfectly fine to have that. Now, do we really need three matches to fill that WrestleMania card up involving celebrities like a Johnny Knoxville, Logan Paul, Pat Pat McAfee I'm not including because he has wrestled matches before, but having celebrities involved is it's kind of weird, but I like it because we've seen in the past. I mean, Mike Tyson's part of the most iconic moment in wrestling history Help knocking out Shawn Michaels in his last match before he came back in 2002. The list goes on and on of iconic moments involving celebrities. So why not? All right, Clint, let's dive into it. All right, let's do night, it. Night one, Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. These two kind of have a little bit of a history. Uh, yep. Becky returning last year at SummerSlam and, and taking the title from Bianca in 26 seconds. What happens in Dallas tomorrow night? I think the entire internet is going to be absolutely happy for Bianca Belair because for months, from the moment she lost the Raw Women's Championship, everybody was saying there were there were smart marks all over the internet that were saying, just let it play out. Just let it play out. And that's exactly what they did what they're doing right now. Tomorrow night, Bianca Belair is going to win back her Raw Women's Championship. For how long, who knows, but the fact that she'll have an opportunity to win that back, completing the redemption arc, making sure people understand, hey, we give you what you want. We understand Becky Lynch has been the man, but eventually somebody's got to take that spot from her, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's somebody that is truly the EST of the WWE. I'm surprised, honestly, they haven't tried to run an angle where Bianca Belair cannot use her hair in that match under threat of disqualification. But again, I'm not booking the shows. I think Bianca Belair wins this with the KOD. Sending Becky a little bit further down the card. Maybe we see a rematch with those two down the road. Maybe Money in the Bank on 4th of July weekend. All right, Miz and Logan Paul against the Mysterios. The Mysterios, obviously, Ray Mysterio and his son Dominic against the Miz and the social media star turned boxer Logan Paul. I think the Mysterios win this one. What do you say? I think we see the heels get the win here. If you watch Monday Night Raw this past week, you saw the Mysterios get back the mask that that, that the Logan Paul and Miz took away from them. That paid off part of an angle that they should have probably let drag out a little bit more. That's a big reason why I'm leaning towards 
Logan Paul and The Miz getting the win over the Mysterios. And also, they've been teasing this for the better part of probably a year of Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio going their separate ways. Because we've seen them win a tag team titles last year in the Thunderdome, but we've started to see cracks in this tag team. Now, do I think they leads to a feud over the course of several months? I don't necessarily think so, but there's a really good chance that we see Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio just basically amicably split up and focus on their singles careers, or maybe, just maybe, Rey Mysterio realizes his time's come. I was about to say, Rey's got to retire at some point. I mean, the guy started wrestling when he was like 15, 16 years old, and he's been doing this forever. He's the 2K22 cover star for a reason, and he teased retirement a couple years ago, but then Dominic wanted him to get back into it so he could wrestle with his father. And I think the end game is maybe eventually we see The Miz and Dominic face off on a Raw after Mania or somewhere further down the road where Dominic does get a win without his dad's help, without any outside interference. And then we see Mysterio kind of hand over the torch and pass it over to where Dominic can wear the mask and earn that. Because they've talked about that a lot in the storylines leading up to this match. All right, Seth Rollins against opponent to be determined. It's got to be Cody Rhodes, right? It's got to be the man, the son of a son of a plumber in the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. But I'll throw in this just for fun. Because I saw this theory pop up last night, and I was intrigued by it. I'll throw this your way. Okay. So let's say Seth Rollins is out there. Let's put this. I think this opens the show, night one. I think this has to open up the show, night one. Why not start off with something really just spectacular and amazing? Vince McMahon comes out while Seth Rollins is in the ring. Vince McMahon announces the opponent. It's Shane McMahon. He's supposed to be there WrestleMania weekend. Shane McMahon and Seth Rollins have themselves a solid enough match. I think Seth Rollins could have a good match with a broomstick, if we're being quite honest. So you have a really solid match about three-quarters of the way through. All of a sudden, Cody Rhodes comes out. Cody Rhodes comes out, helps Shane McMahon, and we get to see a new authority 2.0 go against Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins starts to turn babyface, and loses something you and I talked about off the air, where Seth Rollins can eventually overcome the authority and maybe take that unified title off of whoever winds up winning the main event on Sunday night. I'd be okay with that. I think there's a story there. I think there's a story there to be able to run a new found authority because you need a really good face, and Seth Rollins can work heel extremely well. But why not kind of flip him and yep. have it be him going full baby? SmackDown tag team titles. Do the Usos keep the gold in the bloodline? Yes, the bloodline retains here. It's no doubt about it. And I love Shinsuke Nakamura. I love Rick Boogs. These two absolutely are entertaining tag team. But I'm just going to keep it simple here. Usos win easily in this one. SmackDown women's title. Charlotte Flair. The legacy. Yep. The daughter of the nature boy. Woo! Versus the baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey. Ronda gets gold again. I, I'm not necessarily sure that's going to happen. Because like, if it happens, I'll throw this out here. We know that the main event of WrestleMania 38 on night two is going to be Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. 
unify the title of the biggest match in WrestleMania history. Bigger than Andre and Hogan. Bigger than Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels. Bigger than Undertaker Shawn Michaels too at Mania 26. If you have Ronda win the title, do you really want to have that on a part-timer go over the course of a year? Because I think if you give the title to her, the end game is going to be Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch for both belts at WrestleMania 39, be the main event, unify those titles. That's how I feel like the end game is going to be for that. Well, because I, that's what they're that's what they've been angling towards for the better part of two or three years at this I, point. I could see that, but isn't WrestleMania 39's main event going to be Roman and the Rock? Well, who's to say that can't be a main event of night one? Or or, or let's say Becky Ronda feels like it's going to be a main event regardless. It's going to be a two-night event. I just think that the queen retains here because, I, I mean, who's to say Ronda Rousey is going to be there long-term and she has like a two-, three-year deal? And you can still run the, the Ronda, Ronda Becky match down the road, but I think the only way if Ronda wins – they are planning out a year in advance. Becky winds up facing off against Ronda for both titles, and it's a unification match, not like the last time when it was just Becky two belts. All right, the KO show. Oh, Stone Cold. Kevin Owens hosting Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, Owens has said that this is just going to be a conversation. What? And Stone Cold Steve Austin says that he's going to bring the fight to KO. What? Oh, Stone Cold is going to be dropping Stone Cold Stunners drinking that Broken Skull beer all over Jerry's World Wrap-Up 9-1. That's what's going to happen. And if you want to see that, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell Yeah. That's a legendary Stone Cold impression right there. Oh, hell yeah. Got to drop with that pile driver on that stack of dimes. He goes a neck. If you want to see old Stone Cold stomp a mud hole and walk it dry, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> this, All right, go this, on. This dude needs an Oscar. But no, man, Stone Cold and, and KO, what's going to happen? I think we're going to see a, see a full-blown just – not not barroom brawl because after all it's not gonna be in a barroom, but these two are going to go at it. Stone Cold doesn't take a bump, and we see Owens get a stunner hit on him, and I'm sure he's gonna be absolutely ecstatic about it to be able to take a bump from the legendary Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right, man. Night two. There's only really three matches that I think that are worth getting into. Okay. Uh, Pat McAfee and Austin Theory. I was about to say, if you didn't mention Pat McAfee, Austin Theory, I was going to be disappointed. How can you not talk about the Dave Meltzer Wrestling Observer Newsletter 2020 Rookie of the Year, Pat McAfee taking on one of the fastest rising stars, the chosen one of this new era with Austin Theory, handpicked by Vincent Kennedy McMahon to face off against the former all-decade punter, media mogul, sports talk radio host, commentator for SmackDown this Sunday night. I think we see Pat McAfee punt Austin Theory all the way out of Jerry's world for the win. I would love to see Pat McAfee get the dub here over the overconfident and brash Austin Theory. 
Edge and AJ Styles. The Iconoclast versus the Phenomenal One. This is going to be the match of both nights. There's no doubt in my mind these two will put on a classic. If there were over-unders in pro wrestling, please, you know, we got to get some betting lines. Over-under 25 minutes definitely would take that and then some. This could be a 30-minute classic. I see Edge getting the win here. And maybe we see another match between these two at the next pay-per-view. This could be a, a feud that simmers over the next couple of months, depending how other things go the rest of the way. And then lastly, what some people are calling the greatest WrestleMania match the biggest, of all time. The most important WrestleMania match of all time. Title versus title. They're being unified. The biggest main event of all time. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. The trilogy. Nobody's talking about that. This is the third time, not in all of wrestling, not in all of pay-per-views and all of time, but the biggest show of the damn year. It's the main event. You get to see Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns for the third time. It's in a lot like you talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin. He fought The Rock three times, Mania 15, Mania 17, Mania 19, Stone Cold caught him both times at Mania 15 and 17. 17, by the way, one of the best pay-per-views of all time. But we get to 19. When The Rock finally got over on the man they call Stone Cold Steve Austin, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, one of the biggest draws. Roman Reigns hasn't beaten Brock Lesnar at the show of shows. Couldn't do it at 31 because of Seth Rollins. 34, Brock Lesnar beat the brakes off of him. This time, the tribal chief, the head of the table, is going to be acknowledged at Jerry's World as the reigning, defending, no doubt about it, undisputed WWE World Universal Champion. I don't know if that's what they're going to call it, but that's how I think it's going to be called. So The WWE World Heavyweight Champion, undisputed, the big dog, head of the table, Roman Reigns gets the dub. So, I think that's what's going to happen. But you and I have talked about this multiple times. That is not what I want. To so, happen. so you, all right, all right, we're, we're gonna get on, we're gonna get on this now. So, you want Brock Lesnar, a part timer on the end of a deal, to take the title and go home for six months? Well, who's to, who's to say he doesn't sign a long term deal and become a full timer? Do you hear yourself right now? There's no way he's if he's making this much money as a part timer. Why would you go ahead and make money full, make more money full time? Um, if you you have a lesser schedule, Brock don't want to be out there in front of the people all that much. I guarantee you, the, this is going to be Brock Lesnar gets stacked, packed, and smoked, and we get to see Roman Reigns hold both titles up as the title card fades to black. That's it, not. That's not what we want to see, though, CD. I'm tired of the Roman Reigns storyline. I'm tired of Brock Lesnar being the guy that just is just going to stag pack in everybody. Roman Reigns, it's just getting started. We are going to see him hold that title for a little bit longer. I talked about this on the podcast, in fact, of a chance where we got to see Roman Reigns maybe surpass the great Bruno San Martino in his title reign. He's not going to, I don't think he's going to get close to it, but right now he's held that universal title for damn near 600 days. 
I think the reign of terror is going to continue onward. There you have it, folks. The legendary CD chopping it up about WrestleMania. CD, appreciate you taking the time, man. Enjoy, right, man. enjoy the show tomorrow and enjoy WrestleMania. Oh, I definitely will, man. You enjoy it as well this weekend. However, you're going to enjoy it at home. Or if you're going out to Dallas, Texas, maybe you're already there. Enjoy it and enjoy the rest of your show, brother. Who knows? I might be there. We'll take a time out. And when we come back, we'll wrap up hour number one and get you set for hour number two. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The LSU Tigers begin began game one. This will be game two tonight against Auburn. First pitch for this game will be at 6.30 with pregame at 6. You'll be able to listen to all the action from Alex Fox here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. With Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Quick update of the Twitter poll question. Who makes the national championship game? Is it Duke and Kansas? Is it Duke and Villanova? UNC and Kansas? Or UNC and Villanova? So far, 71% of you say Duke, Kansas. 14% say Duke and Villanova. And then 7% for both UNC matchup. We'll keep an eye on that here in hour number two. We'll take a timeout. Hour number one in the books here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles in Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Getting set for the March Madness this weekend down in the Big Easy. Four ga- two games tomorrow and then the national championship game on Monday. Here to break it down for us from The Athletic is Mr. Gene Clemens. Gene, good afternoon, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Oh, man, I'm doing very well. I'm looking forward to some incredible college basketball action this weekend. Absolutely. It, it, should, be a wild, it should be a wild scene in, in New Orleans. I mean, if you think about the teams that are there, you're not talking about just any old type of fan bases. You're talking about rabid fan bases with some of the best matchups that you could possibly hope to get in a Final Four. They really got a good one this year. Yeah, you know, we were talking about a second ago, my producer and I, and on paper at least, this has got to be the biggest Final Four in history. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, I don't know about in history because I don't, you know, I don't want to get the historians upset, but definitely in recent memory, um, I can't remember a more epic Final Four than what we have here. It's so good. One matchup is so good that people aren't even really giving the second matchup as much love as it should because everybody's talking about that one matchup. Yeah, and, and that matchup is Duke and North Carolina. I mean, Tobacco Road for with a spot on the nat- in the national championship game on the line. You got to be kidding me. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. All of the storylines. I was I was talking about it on my on my Gene Therapy podcast that um, just dropped today. 
the 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 media in in North Carolina. They they don't have to write a storyline for the next week. <laughs> I mean, right. everything is written. It's right. right there for them. Yeah, let's dive into matchup number one. It's going to take place at five o'clock tomorrow on TBS from the Caesar Superdome. Number one, Villanova. Number one, Kansas, and number two, Villanova. You know, both of these programs, Gene, have been, you know, dominant in college basketball over the last decade and, and even longer than that. Bill Self, Jay Wright, two coaching legends, Colin Gillespie, Remy Martin. You know, run run me through this matchup. Well, I think it's a I think it's a matchup that 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 right now on paper favors um Kansas. I think what Villanova has been able to do is a testament to Jay Wright and the program that he's built there at Villanova. As much as Colin Gillespie is a really good basketball player in college, nobody's looking at Colin Gillespie and saying he's going to set the world on fire when he goes to the NBA. And in fact, when you look at that roster for Villanova, I don't think you see anybody on the roster that resembles a Jalen Brunson or, um, or, or Bridges. You know, guys that were going to go to the NBA and be, like, legit factors or are the national player of the year. Um, and so what, what that program has done and what Jay Wright's been able to build is one where everybody buys into the culture. And, and when you have something like that in a season where you don't have a dominant team and you get some upsets, a Villanova can just find themselves all the way to the, you know, to the Final Four. But they're running up against elite-level talent um, and elite-level coaching at the same time in, in Kansas and, and, and Bill Self. And I think that um, ultimately the fact that Kansas can come they start the game with a suit with a guy who can who can take over a game, and they come off the bench with a guy who can take over the game. I really do think that's probably going to make the difference in in this one, especially because Villanova's you know toting an injury um to a really um important piece of a, of a roster that doesn't go very deep this year. Chat with Gene Clemens of the Athletic and host of the Gene Therapy Podcast. The other matchup, you know, again I handed to it already: North Carolina and Duke. Tobacco Road, it's the 100th time that Coach K is going to coach against North Carolina, and it's arguably the biggest matchup of that stretch. Can Hubert Davis, in just his you know, first couple seasons as head coach of North Carolina, can he get the best of Coach K on this stage? Well, I, 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 think it's, I don't think Hubert Davis is going to be able to out-coach you know, Coach K. I don't think it's going to come ta- come down to that. I think it's going to really come down to the fact that the guards for North Carolina are better than the guards for Duke, and you know, their the inside presence might be a wash. I really do think, though, if those North Carolina guards come to play like they've come to play throughout the tournament, it's going to be a long night for North Carolina because I do give the backcourt edge to um to to to, to the Tar Heels. The interesting thing about this storyline, man, how crazy is this? North Carolina gets the opportunity to retire arguably one of the greatest coaches in the history of the game and a rival. Like, they get a chance to send Krzyzewski into retirement. And if Krzyzewski is able to get it done versus North Carolina and and ultimately cut down the nets, he would have won a national championship in four different decades. 
Wow. That's just phenomenal when you think about it that way. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people counted out Duke, you know, especially after that last regular season game when, when they got demolished by Carolina at home. But, man, and, and even if you take away the, the, the loss in the ACC championship game, Duke has just flipped a switch since that senior night. They, Absolutely, they you are can, a you different can make the team. argument that both have, right? Yeah, yeah. Like um, North Carolina, there, there's a good argument to be made that North Carolina should not be in the tournament. That the only reason they made the tournament is because they're North Carolina. If they, if you put their resume and what they were able to do, but you put it into, let's say, Boston College's, you know, um, name, do they still make the tournament, or does a Texas A&M get in? Who, who we saw have a really good run through the NIT and look like a an NCAA tournament team. Right. I, I don't know, but once they once they got that last loss in the ACC um, tournament, throughout that time, I think Coach Shashevsky and Coach Davis both did phenomenal jobs of figuring out what they were going to look like in the tournament, and they hit the ground running, and they haven't looked back since. Gene Clemens of the Athletic joins us. All right, Gene. Out of the four teams that are left, who is the most talented player in this Final Four? Um, gosh, if you had to make me pick one guy, and I always, I always struggle with the um the kid from Kansas' name, um, on the guard, but I think it's, I think it's the guard from Kansas. Um, I think he has the most pro potential. Um. And and I think that, you know, if he is right, he has the ability to to to, to take over the final four and, and, and really propel them to a national championship. I think when I look at if, if all things are even, Kansas probably has the the step up over the other three teams, um not just because they're a one seed but and the only one seed remaining, but because they kind of have, they kind of have a little something everywhere. I think they have a little bit. I mean, they have stuff to come off the bench and, and with firepower. They've got a big man underneath who can get buckets. They've got guards who can create for themselves and others. And then they've got Bill Self, who's one of the, you know, the greatest coaches in the history of the game. Already a Nate Smith um, Hall of Famer. Um, I, I think that that Kansas probably has the best player. They probably have the most complete unit. And obviously, with coaches being what they are, they have one of the best coaches. You talking about Ochai Ajabi? Oh, absolutely, I yeah. I always butcher his name. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't see he, how you could. I think he's the best talent left in the Final Four right now. What about Paolo Banchero? I think Banchero is great, but um, when was the last time you've seen a, a a big affect the game? Um, who wasn't like a guy who handles the ball like a guard? When you get beyond um, when you get beyond the regular season, guards win championships in the NCAA tournament. Guards and guards and coaching. Um, outside of I think Anthony Davis, who might have been the last big guy who um, was the the catalyst for a championship, and even in Anthony Davis's situation, he was surrounded by a bunch of guys who came back for another year that people thought were going to be one and done. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Street Clothes Davis is, is what we like to call him in Louisiana. Hey, as a as a as a Lakers fan, I I, 
I feel your sentiment on that. <laughs> All right, man. So you know, we we got to, we dove deep into each team. Who cuts down the nets Monday night? So uh, my heart says, my heart says, North Carolina continues to stay on this run, but my head says Kansas gets it done. Bill Self gets his second um, championship. Do we do we see Bill Self contemplate retirement after winning multiple national championships? I I don't know if we see him contemplate retirement. But we do know that Bill Self has never seemed like a lifer at one place. So there could be some contemplating as in maybe thinking about moving on, um, whether it be this year or next year. Intriguing. Very intriguing. All right, Gene, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Before you run, tell everybody where they can find your stuff. Absolutely. You can catch me on all social media at Gene Clemens. You can follow the YouTube channel, Coach Gene Clemens. See my articles, a lot of football stuff, especially on the betting side. Um, on the athletic, Coach Gene Clemens also do some writing um, for, for Giants Country and then do my own thing with footballgameplan.com. So wherever you are on any of those platforms, make sure you follow me and check me out. Footballgameplan.com. My guy, Emery Hunt. Absolutely. Fantastic. Gene, appreciate you taking the time, man. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Final Four, and uh, we'll talk to you down the line. You guys do the same. Gene Clemens of the Athletic and Football Game Plan.com. Before we take a break, before we go to a timeout, we got an update to the poll question. And it's our guy, Ton. I'm saying Duke and Kansas because the refs have obviously been instructed to let Duke win it all. Oh, man. We got a conspiracy theory here. I like how we said, let them win. And by the way, at James Mesh bagging on at Hannah Five Names, bruh, at least when she spends that much time and money on hair product, her hair looks good. Sorry, had to defend her. Sounds like there's a little bit of favoritism. I mean, she is. I get it. I get she it. She is the I producer. Get it. She's the girl of the group. She I is, get it. She is the producer with five names. She is the producer with five names. He even he even put the little winky face. He did. He did. Still, I get it. I get it. You're a hater. I get still it. Still, the the dominating leader in the title game matchup is Duke and Kansas at seventy three percent. Thirteen percent say Duke and Villanova, and then you got six point seven percent for both UNC Kansas and UNC Villanova. The Dukies, they're going to do it. Coach K walks out holding the gold. It's going to happen. Let's take a timeout right here. When we come back, open phone lines here on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. We're going to talk some Tigers, some Cajun softball, excuse me. Big series against Texas State this weekend. We'll talk some Pelicans as well as they've got the Lakers tonight. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 1st, 1999, Detroit Pistons guard Joe Dumars scores 18 points in a 107-75 route of the Chicago Bulls. The McNeese legend becomes the 10th player in NBA history to play 1,000 games with the same team. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
FanDuel Sportsbook, NBA same game parlays give you the chance to turn a little bet into a really big payday. Choose any NBA game and combine multiple bets like the amount of three-pointers made, who the leading score will be, and more into one wager for bigger wins. Funny enough, there's a featured parlay where it's first basket themed. So Pascal Siakam, Kristaps Porzingis, and Jason Tatum all need to make the first basket of their respective games. Make the rest of the season feel like the playoffs when you bet on FanDuel Sportsbook. Your winnings get paid fast. It's a top-rated, easy-to-use, safe, and secure app. Plus, if you're a new customer, you can bet $5 and get 150 insight credit instantly guaranteed. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code KLWB to bet on the NBA today. That's promo code KLWB, exclusively on the FanDuel app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 or older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions do apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys. Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. A Twitter feed is blowing up with comments. Uh, we read you the comment from Ton a second ago. James claps back, says, ha ha, that's cute. Haters gonna hate, I guess. And then, of course, you know five names had to get in on this. You know she did. My man Ton, always clutch. We still love you, Donut. I think that's catching on as your new nickname around here, James. I've had plenty of worse nicknames. And then Ton comes back with the gif of the hair flip. Oof. James, they're just out to get you today, bud. Uh, what do you that's what I'm saying. Like they They're just they out just to they get just you. love to hate on your boy. They love to hate on your boy. That's fine. Straight that's up, fine. no cap. Let's talk about this though. LSU basketball. Do they have a team? Dude, who's gonna play for them? <laughs> do I need to do I need to go walk Milani, on? Milani Milani Wilkinson has entered his name into the transfer portal, meaning that every scholarship athlete that LSU had a year ago has either entered the transfer portal or declared for the NBA draft. Now they've got the kid that transferred in from Northwestern. They've got Justice Hill that came in from Murray State. And I think that's it. I don't think they have any other players on the team. It's going to be very hard to play basketball with two players. This is definitely not the start that Matt McMahon wanted. That is not. This is not the start that he had envisioned for his time in Baton Rouge. Uh, Hannah Five Names coming back in. That's me giving him over 70 pounds of free lost weight. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know what that means. I, I I'm not five sure. Five names. Can you give us like yeah. clarification? What are you talking about, Hannah? If you're listening, uh, call into the show and explain what you're talking about. Also, I, I you did, know the I'm number. reading. I'm reading. Yeah, I would hope so. I'm reading. <laughs> I'm reading the comment a little more. He said. He said time and money. I don't. What What money am I spending other than haircuts? I don't use product. Well, that's a shame, James. And yet, because, it's, and yet it still looks good. Because you could have hair like me 
if you invested your green. I could, but it still looks good au naturel. Says the guy wearing a hat. It's a bad hair day. It was fr- it was frizzy, so I put you the see, hat on to... See, you're having a bad hair day. This guy never has a bad hair day. hey And I'm saving money. hey <laughs> Clap back. Uh, he said, clap back. Um, Tyron Matthew is trending on Twitter. Do you, do you think the Saints signed him for before the weekend? Say that one again. Tyron Matthew. Oh man, I trending on I Twitter. I want I want him to so bad. I like it. It almost feels like he's he's the woman that's like, please chase me, come get me. I'm so close. I'm in Baton Rouge. I'm just, I'm just a call away. And and it, and it feels like Saints are just not taking that opportunity. They are one of the teams that are interested, but there's like seven different teams interested. There's like the Raiders. There's the Steelers. There's like five other teams, and oh, it's like, come on, it's come on, Saints. Like, I've, you're probably the favorite personally for him. Oh, 100%. Tyron Matthew wants to come home and finish his career as a Saint. 100%. Um, I have been corrected on the LSU thing. They have three players. Ooh, they have Kendall Clubman, uh huh, from Northwestern. They got Justice Hill from, yeah, from Murray, Murray State, State, who yeah. was an, an all Ohio Valley Conference player a year ago. This morning, Trey Hannibal, who was Murray State's key piece in their short-lived NCAA tournament run. Uh, where are the other 12 to 15 players? Correct. <laughs> Correct. Where are the so, other 12 to so 15? Yeah, Trey Hannibal is now an LSU Tiger, which is, need- which is a good move. It's a good move. However, three guys compared to 15, it's not going to do you very well. It's going to be tough. Uh, what if one of them fouls out? <laughs> <laughs> you got um, it's gonna be a five v two. Yikes! Which I mean, obviously they're gonna get people. People well, are gonna sign. They're gonna get people in the transfer portal. And even if it comes down to it, I'm sure they're gonna be some people on the LSU campus that are willing to try and walk. Well, on. of course they're gonna start the season with twelve players. We're not saying. That, well, they're they're gonna start with at least they're gonna you know, have fifteen. We're not gonna say that they're done for, but. At the moment, the fact Again, that they only have three and everybody's transferred, it's if you're if you're Matt if you're Matt McMahon, this is not the start that you envisioned. Or maybe it is, and he he was like, "All right, guys, I don't want y'all." What if that that's that's another conspiracy? Oof. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm scrolling through Twitter and reading news that I find pertinent as as I see it. No jokes here. The Lakers say Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Winnin Gabriel are all questionable. I'm telling you, they're to playing play tonight. I'm telling you, I I know I made that two minute drill, and I know I said that Anthony Davis is out, but that was because of the early report when I oh, made when I made it this morning. Y'all ready for this? Once again, phone lines are open. This segment seven zero six zero one one one. So earlier, I broke the news from Adam Schefter that Andy Dalton's going to be the starting quarterback, right? Yeah, haha, funny April Fool's joke. Did y'all see that Alvin Kamara got traded to the Jets? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I just saw the tweet. We traded him for four first-rounders. <laughs> and and Zach Wilson. And Zach. <laughs> Who's going to be the new starting quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love slash hate April Fool's. I love it when I can pull an April Fool's joke on somebody 
I don't love it when people pull April Fool's jokes on me. Shout out to Developing Lafayette for posting earlier that Lafayette was getting a Trader Joe's. You liars. That is a cruel joke. It's messed up. That that is messed (laughs) up. You know what was even more messed up? The one that they played two years ago when they said Lafayette was getting a P.F. Chang's. (laughs) Terrible. They had the perfect spot for it, too. It was right there on the corner of Ambassador and Settler's Trace. What's there now? Chili's. And I like Chili's just as much as the next man, but what was wrong with the spot that Chili's had across from IHOP? Why they had to move? Funny enough, I, I I don't think I've been to a Chili's since I was eight or nine. Wow. No, I lie. That is a lie because I went l- 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 I'm trying to remember. Okay, I got you winter, winter of 2020. That was the last time I went. Dude, but before that, it was probably when even, I was like dude even remembers. Dude even remembers the season that he was in I was when he got them baby back ribs. Because I was working at Hobby Lobby at the time, and it... It was right there. Here's what I want to know. I mean, other than to come see me every day, how'd you give up that employee discount at Hobby Lobby? I didn't. That wasn't by choice. Oh. <laughs> I was only seasonal. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. There yeah. it is. There it is. And it was funny because I was told, you're probably one of the best workers in, in a while. And then two days later, yeah, we're going to let you go. <laughs> Sweet. I was like, Love nice. that. <laughs> Love that. Thought I had job security. Colin Kaepernick will hold a throwing event with draft-eligible players during halftime of Michigan spring game tomorrow. NFL club personnel are expected to be in attendance. So is he just going to be the arm dummy for draft-eligible receivers? Or is he trying to get a spot? This is what it was like a few years ago. Well, and, and then he ruined that for himself. He was like, I'm going to... I'm only going to do this on my terms, even though I want to be able to be in your league. <laughs> yeah, you see, he, he, <laughs> he ruined that for himself because it was it was reported that he was going to be in location A and NFL members were invited. Teams showed up. If I remember correctly, like three quarters of the league Is, showed up. Mm-hmm. I, but I don't want to. I don't want to go to your one, one of your NFL practice fields. I want to go to a high school stadium. That's where I want to go to throw the football to show well, off my skills. Sorry, Colin, you're looking to join me. Shouldn't you be doing it my way, sir? I want to join. I want to join your league. I want to. I want to be an employee of your your company, organization. Of your organization. But only. But you have to do but it on my inter- terms. The interview is going to be at my house. Yeah. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. And I give you the questions. Ab- to ask and, and, me. And, and I write out my own contract. <laughs> yeah, I get to and I get to do the contract details. Man. I just I I always found that really funny. I was like, I wanna go I wanna be a part of your organization, but it has to be by my rules. Cause I'm Colin Kaepernick, I'm special. Listen to this joke from Les East, a, a guy that, that we have on, on the show or here on the game pretty often. Coach K just spent nearly all of his allotted time at today's Final Four press conference expanding on his thoughts about the NCAA potentially restructuring. The irony is that it was the greatest execution ever of the Four Corners offense, running out the clock before he could be asked about himself. 
Wow. Wow. Let's take one more peek at the poll question of the day. And it is who is going to be in the title game this season. Will it be Duke and Kansas? Will it be Duke and Villanova? Will it be UNC and Kansas? Will it be UNC and Villanova? No change since the top of the segment. 73% still say Duke, Kansas. 13% say Duke, Villanova. 7% apiece for UNC, Kansas, UNC, Villanova. Like I said earlier, first game tomorrow, 5.09 is the tip time between Villanova and Kansas. And then the second game at 7.50, North Carolina and Duke. Coming up, back half of the show, Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast is going to join us. We'll talk some Andy Dalton news. Again, you know, he's the starter. Um, Malcolm Jenkins, Alvin Kamara, Dennis Allen, Sean Payton returning to the coaching staff. It's a crazy day in New Orleans. Um, And then we will get you set up and ready to roll at Alex Box. LSU looks to avenge their loss of Auburn last night, game two of the series at 6.30 tonight. Pre-game show airs right after we get off here. Here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Don't go anywhere. This is Crunch Time with Miguez Mesh. We'll be right back after this timeout. Had a rough day at work? Got lady problems? Not to worry, because you have two wingmen right here. You can be my wingman anytime. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Acadiana Po'boy Festival returns this Saturday at Parc Sans Souci in downtown Lafayette. There will be over 25 vendors selling some of the best po'boys Acadiana has to offer. In addition to the great eats, at the Pole Boy Festival eating contest. There will also be refreshing beverages, unique and one-of-a-kind arts and crafts, activities for the kids, and live entertainment featuring Keith Frank, Jero Grunig, and Gentili Zadiko, and more. For more info, go visit AcadianaPoleBoyFestival.com. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's time to talk some black and gold now. And here to do that is the host of the Saints Happy Hour podcast and a weekly contributor to the game website, Mr. Andrew Juge. Andrew, good afternoon, my friend. How are you? Everything's good. Yeah, thanks for having me on as always. It's it's, uh, always a pleasure to be with you guys and um, happy to talk some Saints with you. So, you know, two big things happened this week, and that's obviously the, the signing of Andy Dalton and the retirement announcement for Malcolm Jenkins. In your opinion, and you know, obviously they're not really comparable, but which one outweighs the other? Which one was more important to this franchise? Well, listen, Malcolm Jenkins uh, was obviously uh, a huge part of this team, both not only in terms of what he did on the field, but off the field. I'm a tremendous leader for the team, and uh, so I, I think it's a significant loss to see him retire. And um, look, they'll have to replace him on the field. They'll have to replace him off, off the field. They'll have to have someone step up and be vocal and contribute to the culture and 
the myriad of ways that Malcolm Jenkins did. But, but you know, look, I, I think with Malcolm Jenkins in particular, you know, the in- interesting story with him is over the course of the Sean Payton era, you can think back to so many guys that left and then came back, uh, be it Roman Harper or Jermon Bushrod or Jonathan Goodwin or uh, Robert Meacham, Kenny Stills. I mean, you can go up and down the list. There, there have been so many. And the common denominator with all those guys is that they were not quite the same when they came back. They were kind of a shell of their former selves. They still had a role. They still contributed. Uh, but they just weren't the player they were when they were first with New Orleans. And that the one exception to that is Malcolm Jenkins. I feel like he came back a better player as he was older and contributed in ways there was, there was more clarity around the vision for him, where, where he belonged on the field, and I think his execution was at a higher level. And I think it, you, when you look at the amount of success the Saints had specifically against the Tampa Bay Bucks over the last two years and his ability to completely erase Rob Gronkowski, uh, that was a massive part of that matchup for the Saints. And if they're going to continue to have success, Look, Rob Gronkowski may not come. He may retire. He may come back. That's still an open-ended question for the Bucks. Uh, but at tight end, uh, the Saints are going to need someone that's able to lock that position down like Malcolm Jenkins was able to. Yeah, you know, 91 tackles a year ago, 79 here this past season in 2021. Now, the, now that Malcolm Jenkins is gone, you know, you're going to have to fill that void somehow. And, you know, the Saints, re-signed, the Saints signed Marcus May but we don't know where he's at with his Achilles recovery. He could be suspended for some off-the-field issues. A lot of people keep throwing out the honey badger. A lot of people keep throwing out Tyron Matthew to come back to Louisiana and rep the Saints. Do you see that being a possibility? Well, well not, not only I, I include Tyron Matthew himself in, in that list of a lot of people. Uh, he, he has been on Twitter and he, he's publicly said that he would love to represent his city and his state. Uh, he has been back and forth with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and said that he hopes things work out and that he'd like to come to the Saints in the form of emojis. So uh, he, he's, he's stated that publicly himself. So I, I think, look, there's interest from both sides. I think anytime you have a free agent at that level, uh, there are expectations financially. And obviously he hasn't signed anywhere yet. He's still a free agent. And I think that's because he has a certain expectation of what he thinks he's worth. Obviously the NFL teams out there don't necessarily agree with that. And so he's waiting to see how it plays out. And look, I think it's, it's become a game of who blinks first. And a lot of times players have to lower their expectations and understand that they're not going to get the kind of money that they're after. And so I, I think that's the part of the process that we're in now. So uh, look, the Saints aren't going to pay him what he wants, and I think he's going to have to come to terms with that, and uh, he's going to have to balance his interest in coming to New Orleans versus what other offers and what other opportunities are out there financially. And so, look, the Saints are never going to be the highest-paying players in free agency. They typically don't do that. Uh, Jairus Bird was the one exception, and I think over the years they, they've taken heart to that lesson. It was a hard lesson. And so I think in general, if the Saints are going to spend a lot of money, uh, they tend to keep their own first. Yeah, that was... And uh, so, so look, I, I think at the end of the day, I think it's, it's highly possible. I think both sides want, want it to happen, uh, but the financial part remains a big piece. Yeah, the, chatting with Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast, that Jerry's Bird move, 
was a was a tough pill to swallow, and in some aspects, it still is. Um, you know, so looking at the team's cap scenario, according to OverTheCap.com, you look we're looking at about nineteen and a half million dollars still to spend for the Saints. Receiver is a position of need. Offensive tackle is a position of need, and and you could never go wrong with getting another key defensive tackle. Where where do you see the Saints putting priority number one here? Yeah, I still think a receiver is probably priority number one. I think the Saints feel right now like they could draft a tackle, they could get a, they could get a veteran tackle, but there's not a ton of options out there in free agency. You'd have to spend a lot, and and they believe in James Hurst. He's a guy that's in the building that they like and that they feel like can hold it down if he has to start. So right now. You know, I would say tackles in a position where they feel okay, and uh, look, maybe they draft a guy, but I, I think receiver, they probably need to double, if not triple dip at that position, and so of course they're going to draft a player. I think taking a guy 18 overall is in play for them at that position, uh, but I still think a veteran should be added, and so whether you look at Julio Jones, Will Fuller, I mean, there, there's you know Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, there's a number of names out there. To me, it's a similar situation as the one I just described with Matthew in the sense that it's going to depend on financially who's going to lower their rates and who would be willing to accept a lower offer to come play for the Saints. So uh, that's where we're at there, and I think it's one of those things where the Saints will kind of play it out. And, and ultimately, I think a receiver, they not only need to add a free agent, they need to draft some players there too. Realistically, what, what's the number that you think Tyron Matthew wants? And then what's the number that you think the Saints would give him? Yeah, it's a good question. Well, look, I think if you look at uh, safety salaries across the league, um, you know, the top safeties, and Marcus Williams is not a great example in the sense that he's much younger, uh, but he just got huge, you know, big-time value for his deal, and he's a guy that uh, I think was able to go out in free agency and get a huge contract. I mean, he got $70 million, an average of $14 million a year. That's what the Chiefs were paying Teron Matthew, by the way, about $14 million a year. So, you know, I, I think he probably understands at 30 years old that he's not maybe a top-five safety in the league anymore, but certainly I think that $12 million a year range at minimum is what he would want. And by comparison, you know, you got the Saints were spending $7.5 million a year on Marcus May. They were spending $8 million a year on Malcolm Jenkins. And so, I, I think you look at a guy like Teron Matthew, and my guess is that the Saints would probably want to offer him something in the neighborhood of Malcolm Jenkins, something like $8 million a year. And so my guess is that they're probably $5 million off in terms of revenue per year. Uh, when you look at a 30-year-old safety, I, I could see a two- or three-year contract making more sense for the Saints. Um, but uh, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing is you probably look at Matthew as a guy that wants to stay around that $14 million a year ticket. Uh, and obviously, look, the Saints just let Marcus Williams walk. So if they're not willing to pay $14 million a year for Williams, uh, I don't. obviously I don't think they're going to pay that for Matthew either. So he's going to have to accept, I would guess, somewhere in the $8, $8 million per year. And if you're looking at a three-year deal, we're, we'd be talking about something like $24, $25 million. All right, Andrew, a couple more questions before I let you get out of here. Uh, the Final Four is in New Orleans this weekend. Who, who, who you got? What's going down? Well, listen, uh, the ACC's been weak all year, at, at least in terms of its depth. And so I'm very surprised to see two ACC teams in the Final Four. And uh, that, that, that kind of caught me off guard. But, look, I think as you look at 
these teams and, you know, obviously Duke and UNC, I just feel like UNC is on fire. Uh, They've been playing their best basketball most recently. And so while I think Duke is maybe the more known program, and I think a lot of people are picking Duke, I I think UNC is going to win that game. Uh, On the other side, you've got Villanova and Kansas. Uh, I I still think Kansas is the stronger side. So I kind of think UNC and Kansas, that's what I've got kind of my betting interest in. And then I think UNC is going to take it all the way. Wow. All right. And then one, one more for you. Kind of a lighthearted one. Uh, th- this question has been floating around the station. Who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, this is easy. Um, so, Necessary Roughness, do you guys remember that movie? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Kathy Ireland as the kicker Oh yeah. Uh, for Necessary Roughness. You know, Kathy Ireland was probably, I mean, definitely. Yeah, it, I, I don't even have a second... To, to think about that one, and I—that's—that's that's what I go to immediately. That's immediately where my mind goes. So, uh, e- easy question to answer. That's fantastic, man. Tell everybody where they can—they uh, can find your stuff before you run. Yeah, I always appreciate it. Um, it's uh, Saints Happy Hour podcast. Uh, if you listen to podcasts, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, if you're on social media, we're on all forms, uh, so you can find us there, or you can visit our website at SaintsHappyHour.com. Fantastic. Andrew Juge, appreciate you taking the time, man. Have a great weekend. Anytime. Thanks so much. Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. We'll take a break right here. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The guys here in the game dugout love baseball. It was the game that was passed down to them by their fathers. Hey, Dad? You want to have a catch? I'd like that. Not all of them had such heartwarming moments. This guy threw at his own kid in a father-son game. Now back to more baseball talk here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Hangout Music Festival is returning this summer to Gulf Shores in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by becoming a member of the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Music Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, and Megan Thee Stallion, just to name a few. The Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to 22nd in Gulf Shores. Win VIP passes from the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back to Crunch Time with me, guys, and Mesh right here on the game. It's 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. A couple more minutes before we get out of here. James, what's your plans this weekend? Well, Sunday, I am going to the Cajuns game. So we, we made the switcheroo. I originally was going to go tonight, but first pitch at six, which is in a couple minutes. Yeah, and, seconds and, from now. Yeah, it, it's going to be a little difficult for me to get there at a decent time, so... I'm glad. I'm glad you agreed to make the switch. I, I I stepped in like the mighty coworker that I am, and what a, what a great guy! What a great guy I am. I know, man. Final Four WrestleMania. What what, what you doing this weekend? Like, I, you got to be doing something other than Sunday. Well, my friend, he did just move into his new apartment, so I was gonna go hang out Ooh, with them tonight. Or house something. housewarming party. Exactly. Let's go. Exactly. All you right. ever play Jackbox? Jackbox. Yeah. You ever heard of that? No, it's got. Oh, I gotta show you sometime. It's it's a bunch of different mini games, 
and and you play and it's usually like four to six people it's it's really fun i gotta show you interesting we gotta do that as like Team bonding, uh, exactly. Team bonding, absolutely, one night. absolutely. Instead of bowling, who, who, like want, five who names wants to wants go to bowling? That's five names, Jesus. Jackbox is where it's at, though. Oh man! All right. So WrestleMania Final Four, Cajuns baseball, LSU baseball. The World Cup draw came out today. Jam packed weekend. It's gonna be great. Uh, thank you to our guest Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast, Gene Clemens of the Athletic, for joining us. Everybody be safe. Everybody have a great weekend. Give a hug to your mom and Nim. And we will talk to y'all on Monday. This is the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Have a hell of a weekend, everybody.